Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this episode, I'm joined by Ray Doyle from the Irish Cooperative Organisation Society to discuss the current update on mart sales during COVID-19. Over 1 million cattle are sold through Irish livestock marts on an annual basis. As we approach peak calf season, I asked Ray, what are the limited range of essential services that marts are able to offer? Well, currently we are restricted to more or less weighing and paying for animals under certain circumstances. So what do I mean by weigh and pay? It can mean a variety of things. For example, farmer A may, may actually already identify farmer B that he's going to trade his animals to, and they might want the transaction handled by the local mart. And that could mean two things. That could mean the animals come into the mart centre, they're weighed in the mart weighbridge, and the aim details and the farm transfer is taken care of by the mart centre itself. Uh, farmer A will pay the mart, the mart will pay farmer B. Um, that's one model. The other model then is the mart won't be involved in the financial transaction at all, and the mart will simply uh, facilitate the onward movement of the aim system and also give an independent and certified weight of the animals. So that, in essence, is what the only services we are allowed to offer. Um, regarding the, the actual evaluation of the animals, then that again can be done simply between the two farmers deciding and, and thrashing out what price is going to be acceptable to both of them. Or B, the, uh, the, the, the local auctioneer or mark manager will try and negotiate the best deal as possible for both parties and come up with a, a valuation or a suggested price that might do that. In limited circumstances, then um, we will have a situation where animals can come into the local mart, they can be weighed, they can be pinned, and then uh, in a limited fashion, we can allow in buyers in, uh, on their own individually to look at the animals and to see what weights they are in the, in the mart pins and to make provisional offers to farmers and see are they acceptable to it. So that really is the range uh, of, it sounds like a range, but it's actually quite a narrow uh, range of services that we're allowed to do. And how will you be able to link the farmer with the prospective buyer and vice versa? Well, the Mart managers, as you, as you be aware, would have large databases of both buyers and sellers that traditionally would be buying and selling livestock in their sales um, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, perhaps. So, for example, if I had perhaps 10 Angus heifers to sell, I would contact my local Mart manager and would inform them of the approximate age, approximate weight, uh, the breed, etc., and uh, wait for his uh, return that yes i have a buyer in the midland somewhere that you know perhaps fattens several hundred of those type of animals and he is interested in them so i would be then invited to bring the animals into the mart center to get them weighed uh, this potential buyer then could at the same time be invited into that mart center where there'll be many pins of animals like my own for this potential buyer to view and this potential buyer then could make an offer in pence per kilo to the mart manager who will in turn come back to the selling farmer and try and negotiate the best possible price. Of course, the ideal is to ideally have several prospective buyers for each category, but that's proving to be a challenge. Um, there's nothing to beat uh, the live auction system that we currently uh, don't have at the moment in that people basically bid actively uh, for animals because there is no other way to value the animals except a live auction. Exactly. It is very changing times that we're dealing with at the moment. In order to purchase or sell animals, farmers need to contact the local mart. That's yes. the key point. That's the key point, yes. They need to contact the local mart manager and, and, and he or she will, will facilitate as best they can the trade of their animals. 
but we are in challenging times. Um, as you're probably aware, you're probably going to cover today, the price of beef now is probably lower than it was during the beef protests of last summer. Um, it's extremely difficult, uh, and now, sorry, becoming extremely difficult maybe to even get some animals killed uh, and slaughtered. And as well as that, you know, there's just such a degree of uncertainty there that, you know, prices are, are, are weakening and, and weak uh, for all classes of animals at the moment. Yes, it's very difficult times at the moment and the closure of the marts had had a huge financial impact on farms. How will the marts process the payments from sales of stock? Well, we will process the payments like we always have. Um, so if, if a farmer wishes that the mart um, you know, com- be completely integrated in the transaction, we will handle the sales like we always have. We will get payment from the uh, potential buyer and we will process it through our, our accounts and pay the, the, the potential se- seller. Um, that service is being offered by some marts. Other marts then, you know, they, they probably don't want to get involved in that. And they probably just want the weigh and pay service, or the, the, sorry, the weight and the transaction service. Maybe that's all they're going to offer. Because people have to realize what we've been granted and the limited uh, services we've been granted. For the vast majority of marts, this is a non-economic service. This is a service we're providing farmers with. But this is in no way an economic proposition long term for a mart and the marts themselves many of them most of them being cooperatives are so intrinsically linked to farmers they realize that this is a challenging time and they're facilitating farmers as best they can to trade animals at this time of the year when cash flow and the movement of animals is required but i would not be at all surprised if 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 the COVID 19 restrictions continue into and beyond may that some marts will decide yes we're giving these services now but we probably will close over the summer period because it's simply uneconomic to remain open with these limited range of services until we are allowed with the rest of society to reopen as we once were. And the Department of Agriculture have made some concessions with regard to TB testing. What are these concessions and what impact will this have on the sale of calves at the moment? Well, they're very welcome at the moment for the sale of calves because now farmers have a a period up to 120 days of age to illegally be able to trade these calves without any TB uh, testing. And that's up significantly from the 42 days that was there. So this allows dairy farmers or or suckler farmers or whoever's required to trade calves a much longer period to trade their calves uh, and particularly move them onto farms where they were going to be reared subsequently. So it's a a very welcome development to that. There's also an extra extra independent uh, grace period of 28 days following the expiration of your current TB test that is automatically being added on to everybody's, um, we say, TB test results to allow farmers that extra four weeks to be able to trade animals that technically are out of test, but they've been given an extra grace period of four weeks to allow them to trade. And that is welcome development too, because it's, it's, a, it's a big challenge to try and get a TB test conducted uh, now at the moment, even for adult animals, but most especially calves. It's simply impossible to conduct a TB test on young calves without running falling foul of the social distancing regulations because they simply have to be restrained uh, usually by one person while the, the vet uh, um, you know, administers the, the various uh, products for the TB test itself. So there's a rationale to it there. And again, the, the department, as far as I know, are going to review this again into the sec- uh, in the 2nd of May. Um, let's hope for all our sakes that maybe these... Uh, additions are removed on the 2nd of May because that means maybe trading is going back to the way it should be if it is. But in the Indian interim, it's a very welcome development for us. They are very challenging times and the current format of mar trading is different and it will take farmers a lot of time to get used to. What advice have you for farmers in the current situation? 
Well, primarily, if you need to need to move livestock or purchase livestock, contact your local market manager. Advise them of what your requirements are, be that either selling or purchasing animals and the types you need and the numbers you require and allow the market manager to go away and, and uh, as best they can facilitate the trade for you and actually, you know, try and procure the stock for you or try and sell the stock for you. I mean, that's what marts do and we're continuing to do that. And as best we can, you know, between us all, we, we'll try and get through what, what is quite difficult uh, as regards trading livestock and uh, we'll do our best in that regard to, to facilitate both the buyers and the sellers. Finally, Ray, co-ops have remained open to supply essential farm inputs. What protocol do farmers have to follow going to the local co-op? Yes, the vast majority of co-ops now are operating call and collect services. So basically, whatever the farmer requires, they ring ahead in advance uh, to their local co-op branch, uh, advise the uh, personnel there of what the requirements are. And these products then are, are, are collated for them together in, in the local co-op branch for collection by the farmer in the case of perhaps fertilizer or feed or, you know, vaccines, etc., And other items then, larger deliveries of fertilizer, whatever can be facilitated and delivered straight out from the co-op themselves. If there are extra additional items that's required, such as certain items are harder or whatever, they too then are added to the order because, you know, vast majority of co-ops, there is no uh, public access to the actual co-op store itself. So whatever you require has to be actually brought out to you by co-op personnel. And this system is working very efficiently and there are no major hiccups with it. Of course, it's different to what a farmer is usually um, used to in these co-op branches, but thus far it's working very well. Are there any restrictions in place with regard currently purchasing fertilizer or meal in the current system with farmers bulk buying, etc.? No, there's, uh, there's anecdotal evidence that there was uh, maybe some issues there with, with, with feed earlier in the season. But this is primarily down to perhaps uh, there is an issue there with the exportation of soya. Um, but soya makes up a small part of most ruminant rations now. So there are no issues there that I've been advised of as regards feed. Fertilizer is going well and there is no issue there uh, regarding maybe the overall supply of fertilizer into Ireland. And I have not been advised by any issues there uh, from the co-ops. That's great, Ray. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. No problem. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this episode and my thanks to Ray for joining me on the show. Chagas have launched a new helpline to help farmers join the COVID-19 challenge. The phone number is 076 and will be open from 9.30am till 12.30pm and 2pm to 5pm Monday to Friday if you have any queries. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Chagas Beef Edge podcast on the website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.